Wake up! Ah! How did you find the piece of resistance? The piece of what? The piece of resistance. I, I, I don't... Where am I? What's happening? What's happening? Playing dumb, Master Builder. No, I... Master Builder? Oh, so you've never heard of the prophecy? No, I... Or the special... No, no, I... a liar! Look at you! Look, um... I watch a lot of cop shows on TV. Isn't there supposed to also be a... Isn't there supposed to be a good cop? Oh, yes. But we are not done yet. Hi, buddy. I'm your friendly neighborhood police officer. Would you like a glass of water? Yeah, yeah, actually. That's Too bad. Security cameras picked up this. You were found at the construction site convulsing with a strange piece. That's disgusting. Then why is it permanently stuck to your back? Me. Look, it's, it's not my fault. I have no idea how this thing got on my back. Of course, buddy. I believe you. Great. I believe you, too. You see the quotations I'm making with my claw hands? It means I don't believe you. Why else would you show up with that thing on your back just three days before President Business is going to use the crackle to end the world? President Business is going to end the world? But he's such a good guy. And Octan, they make good stuff. Music, dairy products, coffee, TV shows, surveillance systems, all history books, voting machines. Wait a minute. Come on, you can't be this stupid. I'll be back. Julia. We're home. Are you not entertained? My name is Bob. James Bond. I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown, I amuse you. My name is Nero Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. I'm a doctor, not a doorstop. I see dead people. Is this city Alpha 5? You are a toy! I have no memory of this place. This is Retake, a show about enjoying awesome movies, awesome TV shows, awesome Lego movies, and much, much, much more. Anything that catches our fancy, really. I'm TJ, I'm having an awesome day, and my awesome guest host for this week, over here enjoying his overpriced coffee, the good cop of the podcasting empire, it is Chad Hopkins. How are you, Chad? Hi, buddy. <laughs> that's that's perfect. That is like <laughs> that is the best good cop impression I've ever heard. Oh, I'm I'm glad to hear that. How are you doing, uh, DJ? I'm doing well. C- can you do a bad cop? That's just too bad. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. That's harder to do. Yeah, there's, you don't quite have the Irish accent down right. No, uh, if a little practice, maybe next time. Yeah, only Liam Neeson can truly do the bad cop. Yes. So how's it going? It is going well. Uh, in the podcasting game and yeah, ready yeah. To, to be back in it with you a little bit. Now, inadvertently, uh, we planned to talk about the Lego movie on our respective podcasts. And um, I had planned to do it with Joe. Some things came up for Joe and I asked you to fill in. You're like, oh, actually, I'm supposed to be talking about the Lego movie, but that's OK. We'll do it anyway. So right. <laughs> both of our podcasts are going to be talking about the Lego movie. So this will be this will be interesting. And I don't you, you can plagiarize whatever you want from my original show and my original <laughs> idea. It's, it's fine. It's fine, Chad. OK, I'll keep that in mind <laughs> when I record next week. Um, yeah, it, it's definitely great timing because uh, Lego Batman movie comes out next week. Yes. Well, so. I think that's probably both what we were thinking is let's talk yeah. about the Lego movie and then we'll talk about the Lego Batman movie. And I'm I'm interested to see what they do, Chad, because in this this movie the um 
The conceit is that the Lego world is in a real world somewhere that somebody is playing this, you know, with the Legos, and that's what we're seeing unfold. And is that conceit going to be part of the Batman Lego movie? Is the Batman Lego movie connected to this in any way? Like, I'm, I'm interested to see where they're going with that. Or is it something separate, but they're just bringing in the same actors like Will Arnett to, to do Batman and that sort of thing? That's something I hadn't thought of. It, it, it would make sense, or I could see them going either way. I think it'd be fine if they left it in its own sort of contained world. But if they integrated somehow the real world outside of the Lego world, I think that'd be a cool thing to do that a lot of people really wouldn't see coming. Well, and I, I don't ultimately I don't think it matters because these movies are kind of about or at least the first one. I, I say these movies. There's only been one. Uh, they're, they're kind of about having fun, you know, and just uh, having a blast and telling a good story. So right. whatever way they decide to go, I'm sure it will be good and fine and proper and uh, it will be just fine. So, yeah, uh, but I'm, I'm interested just from a storytelling standpoint of what they do with it. What, what, do, you, what do you have a preference of what you want them to do? I, I think I've seen a synopsis. I don't remember what that is at the moment, but for me, I I think it'd just be fun to see like a, almost a sixties era. Uh, uh, what's his name? Adam West style. Um, because this movie definitely plays on some of those tropes and it plays sure. on some of the 89 movies tropes and even the, the Nolan movies tropes. Um, so I, I, I like how they integrated that. And I'd like to see more of that, but I also love how just goofy and tongue in cheek he was on his own. Yeah. I, in, in this movie, which we're about to talk about, so we're kind of pre talking about it. Um, in this movie, I didn't see Batman as any one version of Batman as much as all of them, like a conglomeration. He could yeah. be any one of them. Uh, you know, obviously the darkness, no parents. It's, it's, it's definitely kind of a, that's a conglomeration of everything we know about Batman and the way he acts and certainly the angstiness that we saw with, with Batman recently. Um, you know, that, that's kind of a, a conglomeration of the Batmans. Um, I, I honestly, I haven't seen much Adam West in, except I think they did a couple of Kapows and Zaps or, or something. Uh, but you know, yeah, I think there's a, all the Batmans are kind of in this Lego Batman movie and it's all fair game to make fun of. Um, but uh, you know, and it, it, did you see the trailer where in, for the Lego Batman movie where um, uh, he, he Alfred says, "I've seen you go through similar phases in 1989 and 1992." Oh yes, I remember that one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is I, I think I th- and see like, this is this is the curse I suppose of having a really successful film is I think the Batman movie, the Lego Batman movie, is going to be so great, and I hope my expectations aren't too high. Because that can that can ruin a movie having your expectations set too high. I almost kind of in in you know I had this experience with uh, the Force Awakens uh, where my expectations were so high I wasn't really able to enjoy the movie on the first watch through, and so I really didn't even have an opinion about the movie coming out of it the first time. And then when I watched it a second time, I fell in love with it. So uh-huh. I hope that's I hope that my expectations aren't so high with the Lego Batman movie, but I do expect it to be one of the best films of the year. Yeah, I mean. I've seen some early positive buzz. Uh, I don't know exactly who it's been from. I haven't paid that much attention because like you, I don't want to get my expectations too high, but just some of the heard it through the grapevine kind of stuff I, I've been seeing on Twitter, especially is uh, it's, we've got a good film coming our way. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, I think it will be. So let's, um, this is kind of the precursor to that. We, we will be talking about the Lego Batman movie after it comes out on retake. Uh, so this is kind of the precursor to that, the Lego movie. Uh, so there's, it's always a good time. Everything is all, it's always a good time for everything to be awesome. Uh, it is. so, so <laughs> let's, let's dive in and talk about the Lego movie. This was released in, on February the 7th, 2014. 
Uh, the directors, uh, the directors and writers were Phil Lord and Christopher Miller. The production budget was sixty million dollars. The worldwide gross then was four hundred sixty-nine point one million. So they didn't actually spend as much money on it as you might imagine, and they got a lot of money. So it's surprising to me that not more have come out more quickly. Um, yeah, maybe they were a little stunned by the success, and they've really been trying to pull something out of their hat for the next few movies. So well, we'll animation see. does take a few years generally to, to yeah, pump yeah. out. So that's true. Um, so the the cast is uh, a wonderful, excellent cast. Chris Pratt as Emmett, Elizabeth Banks as Wildstyle, Morgan Freeman as Vitruvius, uh, Will Arnett as Batman. I couldn't imagine a more perfect voice for a Lego Batman. Will Ferrell <laughs> as Lord Business, also perfect. Liam Neeson as Bad Cop, Good Cop, Pa Cop. Uh, again, just especially as Bad Cop, just I can't imagine anybody else. Uh, Allison Brie as Unikitty and Nick Offerman as Metalbeard. Uh, be ye disabling of Jan Shield. <laughs> <laughs> Shield maybe my yeah, <laughs> and then the space me is like what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, it maybe that may be my favorite line in the whole movie. I'm just gonna let you know right up front. The composer is one of your favorites, I think, Chad. Mark Mothersbaugh. Why don't you tell us a little bit about Mark Mothersbaugh? To start with, I do have the score on vinyl. It's a uh, it's a very fun score. It's well, it's you, got you, all kinds of genres. Have, you have a, a digitally animated film score on vinyl. Yes. okay uh just because why not it's fun and uh i do have it digitally i mean come on but um mark mothersbaugh you know i i believe he is actually one of the members of devo like the 80s group Mm. and he's scheduled to score the upcoming thor ragnarok so um, yeah yeah he's he's a weird uh, he's not a weird composer but he's not extremely well known because a lot of what he's done is smaller projects and some TV stuff and a lot of animated films. Um, he's been working with um, the Phil Lord and Christopher Miller for a few films. Now I think he did both the 21 jump street movies. And I think he even did both of the cloudy with a chance of meatballs movies. Hmm. So uh, he's their collaborator. And I think I, I love what he did with this movie. I love everything. I love how it's, it's just as scatterbrained as the movie itself is at times. And uh, it, it, it always works. Yeah, yeah. He he seems like a really good composer. And I, I was reading something just before the show on how he was trying to figure out what the sound of Legos and Lego movies should be. And I think he he struck it quite well. And I hadn't listened to the soundtrack in a while, but I, I have iTunes uh, uh, music. And so I pulled it up and uh, I started listening to it. And it's just – it's super – it's still super familiar even having not seen the film or listened to the soundtrack in, in like over a year. And it's just, you know, the, the, the themes all stick well and they, they immediately say in my head, Lego movie, and I recall the scenes to mind as soon as I hear it. So I think that he he did a really good job in that way. And then some of it's just so catchy. You know, like one of my favorite uh, tracks on the album is um, uh, uh, Emmett's Plan, I think is the name of the track. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just, yeah, it's great stuff. So he did a great job. Um, And then, of course, uh, the storyline is that an ordinary Lego construction worker thought to be the prophesied special is recruited to join a quest to stop an evil tyrant from gluing the Lego universe into eternal stasis with the Kraggle. So, Chad, uh, you reminded me. I had actually forgotten. I did not remember that we (laughs) did the Lego movie on the Movie Bite podcast. It totally slipped my mind. You and I did the Lego movie with Joe on the Movie Bite podcast. I did not go re-listen to it. I just remembered that we did like uh, 20 or 30 minutes ago. And so if I have some of the same opinions or if I have different opinions, 
uh, you all be, you know, the audience can be sure to let me know and, and point it out to me or whatever. That's fine. Yeah. I think it's cool <laughs> that we're coming back two years later to review the same movie because I mean, w- the movie came out, you said February 7th of 2014. I know that episode when I looked it up earlier came out February 12th. So it was a pretty gut reaction podcast. It was very soon after it had come out. Well, that's kind of what we did on movie bite often is new movies. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, No, I wasn't saying that as a criticism at all. I think I just think it's cool two years later to see have our opinions held up. Does a movie hold up? Do we still feel the same way? And so I think this is a good sort of companion podcast to that original episode. Yeah, I'll put it in the show notes. I'll also put my I wrote a written review, which I'd also forgotten. and I'll put that in the show notes. And I read it and I was surprised to find that I was a good writer. Um, (laughs) And and it's like uh, I, I kind of remember writing it and I mostly agreed with all my opinions still. So having rewatched the film uh, this past weekend. So uh, I suppose that's good. I suppose I'm a consistent kind of a person. I, I don't change my mind about things very often. <laughs> right. I, I did the same thing where uh, I actually watched the movie without revisiting any of my past opinions, aside from just knowing that I liked it. And it's probably been two years at this point since I last saw it. I think I watched it with my family for my birthday a couple years ago. Um, hmm. And so it it was new on my mind. And then I went back and I looked at my written review and I, uh, looked over show notes and stuff from that movie bite episode. And yeah, I think my opinions have held pretty well too. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so what, what are your opinions? What is your overall thoughts? What is your opening statement about this film, Chad? Well, one of the lines from my written review was, as you can tell, I have literally zero complaints about this movie. (laughs) And I think that's true. I, I still find very little to, to criticize in this movie. I don't know about you, but, uh, maybe, Maybe you'll enlighten me to a mistake or to something that's less than enjoyable or something. But watching it again today, I was reminded by just how much I love this movie. It's fun. It's colorful. It's hilarious most of the time. And at the same time, it's capable of uh, delivering a great message and being full of heart and all that kind of stuff. And it's it's just one of my top animation movies. I'm I'm sure of it. Yeah, well, I mean, look, Chad, it's 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 a little bit hard to mess this kind of a movie up as long as you have two things. You have a a decent story as a backbone, and then you have fun. Those are the two requirements for a movie like this, and, and I think they blew both of those way out of the park. They have a Agreed. great story. They're telling a great story, and it's so clear they're having so much fun uh, just you know, throwing all these little things at the screen that – I even I'm not even sure what they are off the top of my head, but I remember noting when I was watching the movie, oh, I hadn't caught that before. That's really fun and that's interesting. And it's just a, it's a, it's one of those films that's just delightful to watch. It's you watch it and you laugh and you go through a wide range really of emotions as you watch the film, which I, I usually like I, I think a general rule of thumb is if a film can make me emote at both ends of the spectrum – uh, or even I guess there's more. It's not really one side or the other. There's a range of emotions, and it. it can make you go through most of them. I think it's probably a good film. Like it's eliciting responses out of you and engaging you in the story. And this film really does that. Um, it doesn't. It. It's it's interesting. I think that it. it there's some parts of it that are sad, although it never really made me uh, misty eyed. Um, but it, it's definitely there's parts of it that that kind of get touch you. And, and make you uh, – that, that kind of get to your heart. But there's also so much of this film is just you know so much fun and so many jokes and you know just delightful. It's just the, – the only word that I can use to describe this film is delightful. Yeah. Uh, Phil Lord and Christopher Miller I think have proven themselves to be the king – the kings of bad ideas. 
uh, because <laughs> they did Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, which is this old, like, I don't remember when it was released, but it's this old picture book that I read as a kid. Hmm. And they make a movie out of it and they make a second movie out of it. And both of them are very critically acclaimed. They're they're just as colorful and sort of scatterbrained as this one, but they work. And then they go and do the first 21 Jump Street movie. And that's a reboot sort of thing, a callback to the original 21 Jump Street series TV show. Mm-hmm. And that turns out hugely successful and yeah. spawns a sequel that I don't think they directed, but still. And now they've got the Lego movie, which was hugely successful. I saw it four times in the theaters and didn't oh, regret nice. it even once. And then to to top it off, they are set to direct the spinoff Han Solo Star Wars movie. So I, I think. Oh, I don't think I, I knew that. Yes, I and they're writing it too. And so they have proven time and time again that they can take what on paper sounds like a terrible idea. A Lego movie. I mean, that that's so vague and you don't know what that would entail. And we've seen toy movies and how poorly they've done in the past. Hint, hint, Transformers. Uh, and, yes. And there, there was even one scene in this movie that looks straight up to Transformers. It's towards the end when Emmett has come <laughs> back from the real world and yes. he's uh, uh, in charge of the crane that he's mechanized into this uh, Transformers-like beast. And Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. And so I, I, I was just really impressed with the directors here and what they were able to accomplish with what on paper may not have been the best of ideas. Yeah, I, I would agree. I actually haven't – I don't know if I've seen anything else that uh, – they have done, but I I would agree that they certainly took something that was a very nebulous and vague concept, and I I am almost certain that the way this kind of went down is Lego was looking around, going, "We have the well, how how else can we monetize this property? Let's make a movie, and who should we get to do that?" And so they brought in you know these these guys who wrote a script, so they had to come up with a story and figure something out. Like that's kind of that's so nebulous, and it could go go it could go bad in so many ways, you know. And it it went well, it went really well. Right. And uh, I I think this film will be I think it already is, but it, it time really makes something a classic. So I think it will be kind of a classic that we'll revisit again and again. I know my my kids love the Lego Movie. They sat down and watched it with me, and they laughed at all the right spots and. They got, you know, the, the jokes that were aimed at their level were perfect, and they um, – I was listening to – so as I was preparing for the podcast, I was downstairs on my laptop typing up some notes and, and you know, finding all the links and, and putting together the outline of the show. And uh, so I was listening, as is my habit when I'm getting ready for a podcast, I was listening to the soundtrack for the Lego movie, and every time a new track would go, uh, my daughter Natasha would tell me, uh, uh, where in the movie we were at. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I think this movie works on every level. It, it really just, that's that's just kind of the way it is. I, 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 I think one of the things that really makes this film delightful is the total commitment to Lego. I mean, I think that was the first thing that I noticed when I was in the theater, and I noticed it again watching it, is just everything in this world is Lego. And it would have been easy to just have Lego characters and maybe the buildings were Lego bricks and then you've got you've got like sky and grass. But, but no, no, no. Everything when I say everything is Lego, I mean there is not a thing in this world that is not constructed with something <laughs> other than a Lego. The water right. is Lego, the volcano is Lego, the the effects are Lego, the smoke is Lego, the water is Lego, the shower is Lego, the soap suds are Lego. Like the sun is Lego and you can bust through it and make cool Batman symbols. Uh, like it's all Lego. And that is just fascinating to me because I don't think that I would have ever thought to do that. 
But they really, they, they, literally, they approach this film with, what is it? Can we make it out of Lego? That's what it, you know, that's what, it, what right. would it look like if we built this with real Lego? So I know that this film was digitally animated, and that's that's another thing, is this film may have been digitally animated, but it looks like real Legos. Yeah, it's like, photorealistic it's so in every yes. sense of the world. Word. Yeah, and it's so weird to have something that's a Lego movie, and it's photorealistic. It's not stop motion, it's photorealistic. It's just because you would expect it to look animated, and it, it just doesn't. Yeah, and... Where where that really is highlighted is in scenes where they're like splashing into the ocean and you see these giant waves. And even the waves are these different colored pieces of Legos. You've got blue, mm-hmm. you've got dark blue, you've got light blue, you've got white. You've got every single aspect that is so colorful and it pops out and yet it's still Lego in there. It, 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 you're right. It just fits in so well. And I, I love the the colorful aspects of this film. It, yeah, it, it is really a well-saturated, not overly saturated, you know, not technicolor, but it is a well-saturated, very eye-candy-pleasing look of a film. Like, like it just, it looks like, you know, I keep using the word delightful. I just don't know anything. Else. It just <laughs> looks delightful. Like, you would love to be a Lego living in this world and singing uh, uh, Tegan and Sarah's Everything is Awesome. <laughs> right, with with a lonely island. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I probably said this in the last episode or last time we talked about this, but I love the sort of Muppets esque humor is what I've called it because mm. it's, it's just so tongue in cheek and self-aware and that's exactly the Muppets. And you know me, TJ, I am a big Muppets fan. I always have no, been. You? No. <laughs> <laughs> and so the, this humor in this movie is right up my alley. You've got you, the movie itself knows that it's ridiculous and it yeah, embraces yeah, yeah. it. Uh, like at the beginning when Morgan Freeman's character Vitruvius is uh, listing the prophecy, he's saying the prophecy for the first time. He ends it with true. <laughs> exactly. Say it. <laughs> this is true because it rhymes. Right. I mean, that's a ridiculous thing, but it, it commits to it and it, it just continues on. It, it's, it's just a funny joke for that reason. I mean, then, and then shortly thereafter, eight and a half years later, we meet Emmett. He's on the construction site. He sees wild style and he falls and down this hole, he's bounced every which way. He's thrown in loop-de-loops and defies gravity. And then he lands on this this sort of divide between this happy sunshine rainbows area and then this clearly uh, unpleasant place with danger and pointy things. And he goes, oh, this side's nice as he leans the sunshiny way. And then, he, of course, he goes the other way. Um, it, there's lots of things like that where they're defying physics. They're, they're making funny jokes like... Uh, good cop, bad cop being the same person and always kicking a chair around all these things that just wouldn't work in a lot of films, but it's so overly tongue in cheek and it knows it and it embraces it that I mean, what other film can you have bad cop or any character carrying a chair around to kick around, you know, darn, 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 darn. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Oh, I, I, yeah, I just, I keep thinking of, Oh, that's my favorite scene. No, that's my favorite scene. But I really, I really love the scene where bad cop is interrogating Emmett and you know, he's leaning over him and he's like, what you mean? He, well, he can't be bad. He gave us this and he gave us this and he gave us this and he does this and he controls this and he gives us all these good things. And he's and the bad cop's just like, come on, you can't be this stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, uh. one of my favorite scenes is, uh, when Lego or, uh, sorry, when Emmett and wild style have escaped, uh, the, the city through the wall and the, one of the other cops comes up behind him and places the chair down <laughs> and he, he's kicking it around and then he throws it as another one. Another cop is running away. And uh, of course, it lands right on top of him. Oh, course, and then there's yeah. another moment with good cop or bad cop in particular where he's singing Danny boy as he sits to himself in the security room. 
which is just a funny little Scottish thing. And it's very, very brief. So some people might not even catch it. But if you, you're paying attention, yeah, I, I he, he's sitting it. there singing Danny Boy for just a moment. Hmm. Okay, I have to pay attention the next time I watch it. Yeah, and it's interesting because Liam Neeson, I don't think usually, he doesn't often get a chance to let his native accent come through. Uh, right. Most of the time, I, and it's it's so weird, like I didn't even realize it was Liam Neeson the first time I watched the movie, just because, you know, Liam Neeson is usually he has an American accent. Like he's, he's affecting an American accent to play to his audience or whatever. And this one, they said, no, just, you know, go with your accent. And it it really just works. And, you know, his, I, and I just don't even know how he's able to switch between I mean, I'm sure they were separate recording sessions, but even so, like, like the, just, you know, the, the different voices for good cop and bad cop, and they're so different, and yet you can tell they're the same person. It's just so, I don't know, it's just great acting. Yeah, I think I looked on YouTube recently to see if I could find video of Liam Neeson recording that, and it's probably on the special features now that I think about it on the Blu-ray, but I did find a video on YouTube of Liam Neeson doing both voices. And he, for a couple of lines, he did just switch back and forth in the moment, mm. which mm. is is hysterical because Liam Neeson's not this actor you would you would think to play a character like this. And so it's really funny seeing him playing such a, a goofy character in person. Yeah. Um, that Yeah, I just see, like, I try to do... Uh, voices for my kids when I read them books and things. And it sometimes it can be really difficult to switch between the voices. And and I, I have respect for people who can do that. Uh, as you know, I'm a big fan of Jim Dale. And so I, mm-hmm. you know, I just, I, I've seen videos of him doing the voices and switching back and forth. And I just, I have much respect for that. It's just something I'm, I have a hard time doing. <laughs> yeah. Speaking to your um, comment about everything being Legos, I love that they commit even further than just making everything Legos than to making the connection that Legos have instructions and yes. you, you disassemble and reassemble Legos. And there's a moment when uh, Batman has rescued them from the wild West and they're flying in the Batwing, and they approach uh, cloud cuckoo land and they're coming in for landing. And instead of it like pushing a button or changing to a different vehicle, like getting out and changing to a different vehicle, Batman, you see him fly out and he reassembles it so that it it's reconfigured into the Batmobile. And I, I love small little things like that. Yeah, yeah. Well, this this film is actually it's it's interesting. I've probably told this story before on the previous podcast, but when I was growing up back in the eighties, um, I, I don't know if the the kits that the kids these days have for Legos didn't exist or whether I just didn't have them and I just had I, I had a big bucket of Legos. That's what I had. Uh, I'm uh-huh. sorry, I know it's improper to say Legos, uh, but I, <laughs> I just always call them Legos. Um, so I had a big bucket of of Lego blocks and and various things of Legos, and and I built all kinds of things out of them. I didn't have that many. I, I mean, I, knew, I know a few existed, but I didn't have that many instruction kits. And and these days, you know, my kids get Legos, and they're these big kits with all these instructions on how you build this and how you build that, and and it's just. This film is essentially kind of making fun of that. It's like, you know what? Just build whatever you want. Be whoever you want to be. And uh, yeah, I, I, I think that's a really uh, really interesting way to go. Like you would think Lego, I mean, they're, they're basically just poking fun at themselves. <laughs> yeah, I mean, one of the themes of the movie is embracing creativity and what's unique about you. So I think there, but there are also scenes where Emmett is able to penetrate the security of Lord Business's tower, Octane Tower, by actually following instructions. And so I think it's sort of sure. showing that there are times for both. There are times when you do need to follow maybe a set plan. And then there are times when creativity is what needs to be celebrated. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think there's a balance to be struck there. And I think that's a good point. 
uh, interestingly, they, they weren't following any specific instructions. They were following the instructions that Emmett kind of came up with. Emmett right. kind of came up with that plan, and, and that's that's where you get that wonderful track, Emmett's plan. And he comes up with this plan, and then they execute the plan, and all that that was kind of the missing link. So at the same time, while they're poking fun at it, they are saying, you know, sometimes it's good to be cohesive and, and bond together and, and do this thing together. Everything uh, so, is cool when you're part of a team. Yeah, everything is awesome. Um, <laughs> yeah, and and I, I so I think ultimately the message is um, be yourself. Uh, the world is a better place if we're not all the same. We don't conform all to the exact same specifications. We don't all have the exact same interests. But at the same time, we do need to work together and bond together and and do things together and and come together to make cool things. Like you and I, we're very different people with very different interests, but we're coming together to make a podcast about a thing we love. Uh, so right. Uh, I think that's kind of a, a great resonant message of this movie that, um, you know, it's just one of the many great things about this movie. It's it's not, and it's not, um, I don't know, maybe some people would call it heavy handed. I, I never felt like it was heavy handed or I was being beaten over the head with this message, but it's definitely there and it's a big part of the movie. Like the whole movie's premise is basically that Lord Business, you know, he he sees chaos where, where you know, um, people who don't, conform to the specifications they're just creating chaos and mess and he needs to glue everybody down and and make them you know and and then you of course you go into the real world and and the the the, the character you know the guy who the character lord business is modeled on the man upstairs uh that's his premise is he wants everything to be locked down these are daddy's toys and uh yeah i, I mean i think it's it's a message that 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 resonates and i i even you know have to as a father, I have certain things that I want a certain way. I, I don't have Legos anymore, unfortunately. But, <laughs> you know, there are certain things like I I, um, I let the kids play. Uh, one, one, okay, so I have two models of the Enterprise. Uh, one has a stand and it sits on my shelf and I don't let the kids play with that one. But the other one I received around the same time when I was like six or seven years old. And um, I've let the kids play with it and they've kind of made it their own thing and they don't really play with it as an Enterprise. It just sort of floats around the house and does different things. And I've had to you know what? It's fine. I don't have to have them play with it a certain way or let it be a certain way. So this movie resonates on, on that level as well. Yeah. I, I was going to say probably the, you, you mentioned earlier, you didn't really get misty eyed. There was mo- one moment in this movie where I did get misty eyed during today's viewing. And that was when, um, in the real world, uh, Lord business, Will Ferrell's character, uh, real life character, uh, pulls open the, the, the floating top of the tower that Lord business and, uh, Emmett are in and he pulls out the little miniature character of himself mm-hmm. and he looks at it and then he looks over at his son and he realizes, Oh, this is supposed to be me. I understand what's going on now. And then as he begins to sort of wander the his, the city that he has built, but his son has built within, he says, did you build all of this? And he he's realizing, wow, I am stifling my son's creativity and I am being this rule maker rather than somebody who allows the occasional rule break. Right. And, and they they share an embrace and it, it's just a great moment between a father and a son. And those are the kinds of moments that I connect with a lot. And I, I did missed up just a little bit while watching it today. Yeah. Yeah. I think that is the most tender part of the movie for sure. And if, if there's a, a moment that comes close to getting me on that emotional part of the spectrum, like that's it for sure. Right. Um, and this is where I suppose I, I, I bring up a point, you know, that I, I'm really conflicted about the parts of the movie in the real world. And, and the reason I'm conflicted about it is, is because I think it, it works well and it's great. Um, and, and that's, it's clear that that's where the movie was always going. Um, as, when, it, when it happens, you're like, oh, well, it's clear. 
But at the same time, uh, it's it's a little weird, and and so that's and perhaps that's why it didn't get me as emotionally as I wanted it to. Um, it because the mechanics of how the real world relates to the world that we've been in for an hour and forty five minutes before we get to the real world, we've been in this Lego world. And now all of a sudden we get out here and it's just a kid playing with the Legos and that world doesn't really exist except in his head. And Emmett, but but then so so but then you think you have a handle on that. But then the character of Emmett, he is a real Lego in the real world. And if he thinks and tries hard enough, he can cause himself to jump and move and and kind of roll over or whatever and get people's attention, which is just kind of bizarre. So that that kind of <laughs> took me out of the film. Uh, I, I I wish there had been another way that that could have been resolved. But at the same time, this is why I'm so conflicted. I don't think the movie works without the real world uh, because the story is structured to always drive to that point. So I'm just really conflicted about that. And I think that's why it doesn't affect me emotionally as much as I it should or I want it to. So is and it the, I, I also the, realize that I'm in the minority on this. Right. So is it the real world in general or is it just the fact that Emmett moves on his own that sort of throws you off? <sighs> I don't know. I The first time I was watching the movie, I know for sure I was really taken out of the movie that we were in this fantastic world of Legos and then all of a sudden we're in the real world. And when you think about it, you know, the man upstairs, it all makes sense. Like all of a sudden there's this real world outside the Lego world, but it just felt very jarring. So, so first off, I was jarred just before we even saw that Emmett could move himself as this Lego in this real world. But then we get to that and all the mechanics of the real world start to break down because the barrier has been broken. Now it isn't just in his head. This is something that's real or I guess, like, I don't know. I, I was just a little taken out of the movie by it. And and it, it, even even expecting it this time, watching it, it was kind of the same way again. I'm like, eh, yeah, I, I understand what they're doing, but I feel like it just wasn't well executed or something. I mean, I get the criticism. And if if I did say something negative about this film, it would be maybe the real life scenes sort of mess with the pacing a little bit. It's mm-hmm. high action, high energy, and all of a sudden nothing because it's we're in a stationary, non-colorful world. And I get that. But I, I, I don't know. I just connect with the human characters in that way I was mentioning. And I, I forgive it, I guess. I don't know. It just doesn't bother me. Yeah, but, I, and- but I could understand why it would bother you. Yeah, well, and and it's 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 also I want to acknowledge that it's not um I, I, it's not something that makes me hate the movie or not enjoy the movie, and it's 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 almost almost a nitpick. It's like just one level above a nitpick. It's like it, it took right. me out of the movie, but at the same time, I think it's necessary to the movie, and I don't I don't I'm not a writer, and I don't know a better way to resolve it. So um, I think it works fine, and 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 the point of what they're trying to do is driven home pretty well. So I don't want to oversell my nitpick. I think that's fair. All right. So um, what else? What what else do we want to talk about with this film? Well, I will say that my favorite line is probably Batman at the end talking to Wildstyle, and he goes, "He's the hero you deserve." <laughs> <laughs> that's clearly that's, from Nolan's Batman, exactly. You know? And that that makes that was probably the line I laughed at hardest today, at least. So it, it's one of my favorite lines in the movie. Yeah, I really just I love Batman. Um, he's you know, hey, I I I don't want to alarm anybody. But we're gonna crash into the sun. Yeah, and it'll look really really cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or um, uh, when Cloud Cuckoo Land is being attacked and he's he's trying to escape, and Wildstyle says you have to be there to support me, and he goes, ah, oh, fine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he, he's just shouting fine as he's uh, beating everybody up. It's funny. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, and and I think one of the you know it's Batman is almost like a reluctant hero in this in this kind of a, a you know version of of Batman. And I love how he he take he is like this ruse. He takes off in the Millennium Falcon with with Han and and Chewie and and three PO, and uh, they're like, oh, he's disappeared. He's he's bailed on us. And then all of a sudden he shows back up with their hyperdrive, right? And he's right. like, uh, because they said they needed a hyperdrive, and uh, you know he's like. Uh, so I found this. Does anybody need a hyperdrive? And that, that, you know, they were boring anyway. All they did was play space checkers. And I just I had <laughs> such a kick out of that. And plus know? they were all dudes. All of them dudes. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah. It, it's just, uh, that sort of thing from Batman, I think really, I, I don't know. I, I think you can say this about all the primary characters. I don't know if the movie works without any of them. And it's, it's, it's just great. Like in, in you know obviously Vitruvius is is just masterful in 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 humorous but yet serious and uh, yeah I I think it's just you know so well done and uh, you know uh, more you know Morgan Freeman's velvety voice just uh, you know let me handle this Emmett that idea is simply the worst <laughs> <laughs> um, one of uh, something I didn't notice until today I think was. The, the thing that makes Vitruvius go blind is actually a laser pointer. Like they, they shine yeah, it I in s- his eyes at the very start of the film and that's when he goes blind. <laughs> you go, oh, my eyes. <laughs> huh. I see. I, I still, I, I watched that. I, like I even, cause I have it digitally. I, I went back and I scrubbed through that scene trying to figure it out. I couldn't figure it out. So I that's think that's what it was. Um, I'll, I'll have to double check, but I'm pretty sure it was, uh, they were wielding a laser pointer and they just shined it in his eyes, which of course mm. you're not supposed to do. So of course he went blind. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I think uh, – oh, one of the points I kind of skipped over I wanted to make is um, – and I, 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 it's funny. I don't remember noticing this the the last time that I watched this film. But watching it this time, I really noticed how very often this film feels like somebody's playing with Legos. Um, you know, you right. have the, the, the noise of the boats being made with – you know, obviously by some kid's mouth you and, and stuff <laughs> like that. Uh, so it's just, uh, there's a lot of that throughout this movie, you know, and the, when Vitruvius comes back to, as a ghost, you know, he's being hung by a string and kind of flitting around like somebody's jerking him around. And there's little hints, you know, all around that, 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 uh, there's humans playing with Legos. <laughs> right. Plus all of the, the weird pronunciation of different names. I think that might be coming from the child's perspective. Well, oh, sure. it is, but, but the, the, the cloak of Bandaid and, yeah. uh, <laughs> too cheap. And uh, naïve Polish remover or whatever, whatever he says for that. Yeah, uh, it, it's all very funny. And just I could see it's from the perspective of a kid who maybe doesn't know exactly how to pronounce the name. Yeah. So what what would you want from future Lego movies like that are in the, like not the Batman movie? Because that's like a spinoff. But like like the Lego movie, too. What, what would you want to see from that? That's a hard question, because, well. I don't know if I want them to continue the story. They sort of teased at the end of this one where they, you have the, the little infant block toys, uh, which <laughs> is, is hysterical. <laughs> and we are here to destroy you. Yeah. That was more of a, that was just for played for laughs. I think. Right. It's just like at the end of the Incredibles, you've got the, the underminer. We're not going to see the underminer in Incredibles too. No, um, it was just a fun teaser to imply the continued adventures of sure, the Incredibles. Sure. Yeah. And so, um, yet I don't want them to necessarily go a Toy Story route where they leave the Lego world and have to find their way through the real world to, to accomplish some sort of task. I, I, I'd like to see more within the Lego world because we've seen what they can do with it and 
how colorful it is and how fun and energetic it is. And I don't want them to leave that. So I, I don't know. Do you have any ideas? I don't. I was really curious if you did. <laughs> and that, 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 this is probably boils down to me not being a writer uh, of, in that vein. Um, but yeah, I mean, hmm. I, I I think it'll be interesting to see if they continue, like, like we said at the beginning of the show, if they'll, if they'll continue down this road of being in two worlds, of the Lego world and the real world, or whether that's just sort of a, a concept that's kind of dropped and we stay in the Lego world. You know, and obviously there's there's been games and, and things, uh, you know, the Lego uh, Dimensions game and stuff uh, uses these characters and they come from these worlds and the real world kind of doesn't factor into that. At least I, I haven't played through, so I, I don't know. Maybe it does, but it doesn't no. seem like it does. Uh, so, well, you know, you know me, I also love Lego Dimensions. I have all the sets and I think that would be a pretty cool concept if the Lego movie, too, becomes a sort of Lego Dimensions kind of thing where all these characters, I mean, we've already seen characters from different franchises interacting with each other. Well, maybe yeah, they kind of have the, they, behind the scenes, they have these, you know, barriers between the, the dimensions that they kind of travel to and fro so that they've already kind of got that concept in place. So they could dirt, certainly right. play more on that. Yeah, I, I, I would almost rather them drop the real world concept. I think it was great and it, it fit in with the what they were trying to communicate with this movie. Mm-hmm. And maybe a movie or two movies down the line, three movies down the line, because uh, I'm sure we'll get that many, then they could bring some of the real world stuff back. But I think it'd be fun to just have a strictly Lego universe movie for the sequel. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I, I kind of hope they drop the real world aspect as well. Uh, but I'm I'm happy to see them, and and that's another thing that's going to be interesting with the Batman movie since it is a spinoff. Will they fully commit like they have in this Lego movie to the the a concept of everything being Lego? And I'm certainly happy for them to continue doing that with the Lego movie installments. And it'll be interesting to see if they do that with these spinoffs as well. Yeah, and with the Lego Batman movie in particular, I'm excited to see what they do with uh, some of the familiar characters that we know. We're finally going to get Robin on screen mm. again for the first time since Batman and Robin. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's Michael Sarah, uh, which I, who's not my favorite actor, but I, I can't imagine a more perfect role for Michael Sarah than Robin. Um, <laughs> I don't know that you can say that Robin hasn't been on screen. He hasn't been in the tights maybe since Batman and Robin, but he was, he was on basically there oh, I, I, in, in the dark Knight rises. Uh, yeah, I suppose. <laughs> I mean, that's obviously the, the implication is that that's Robin, right? You know, or at least he's going to continue the Batman legacy. Yeah. Well, I mean, because they clearly said, I mean, they, it was more than a hint. Like, it was basically spelled out. This is this is our version of Robin. Right. You know. Uh, yeah. Um, do we know who's directing the Lego Batman movie? Um, no. I know it's not the same people, but. Okay. Chris McKay. I've never heard of him before. Let's see what he's done. Uh, lots of episodes of Robot Chicken. <laughs> That's interesting. Okay, so m- not much else, so mostly TV. That'll be interesting. He uh, is Har- listed as an animation co-director for this movie, though. Oh, okay, cool. So, uh, oh, so I'm looking over the cast of uh, of uh, Lego Batman movie now. Uh, so Harley Quinn is going to be in the film. That's interesting. Mm-hmm, as Ray well as the Fiennes is Alfred Pennyworth. I don't think I knew that. Rosario Dawson is going to be in here as Batgirl. That's that's interesting. Mariah Carey is in this film. That is so weird. Billy D. Williams, who was in this film as his Star Wars character Lando, is going to be Two Face in the Batman movie. That's interesting too. Man, I'm excited for this film. So Me excited. too. Yeah. Well, and just I, I've got a premise pulled up here. It says Batman goes on a personal journey to find himself and learn the importance of teamwork and friendship in the hopes of saving Gotham City from a hostile takeover set by the Joker. 
And that, that sounds hysterical <laughs> just because you wouldn't think of a Batman movie as being um, like a personal journey. I mean, yes, in the Nolan movies, we see Batman go on a personal journey, but we don't think about him learning the importance of teamwork and friendship. It, <laughs> like it, it just, it, it, it's definitely a twist on the Batman we, we know. Yeah. The only thing I'm a little iffy on here looking this over is Zach Galifianakis. Is that how you say that? Mm-hmm. As um, uh, the Joker. I I, I, can, I guess they didn't have the money for Mark Hamill. I don't know. <laughs> it's too bad. Well, I mean, if they were going to have Mark Hamill as the Joker, then they couldn't have done it without Kevin Conroy as Batman. I don't know about that. <laughs> I mean, I think Will Arnett is Batman for the Lego version. I, anyway. Yeah. So I think this is a good time since we're really kind of straight off the topic of the Lego movie to, to kind of wrap up the Lego movie and talk about our, our final thoughts and our ratings. So Chad, you're the, you're, you're my guest host. Why don't you go first? Okay. Well, like I said earlier, this is one of my favorite animated movies. I don't know exactly how I'd rank it, but uh, like rank it against other animated films, but it, it has the, the heart that you would expect from Pixar. Maybe not all the heart. Pixar goes a little bit further in that direction, but it's just as fun as maybe the Shreks out there. It, it, it has mm. everything. And it, I, I gave it a five of five on my original written review. And I think I'd stick to that. It, it's, mm. it's the perfect animated movie for me. Okay. Uh, I do highly recommend this movie. Uh, had a lot of fun, certainly having a lot of fun watching it with my kids as well. Um, so I recommend it on all levels. Uh, I would have enjoyed watching it just by myself too. So uh, great movie, um, and I think I'm even going to upgrade my star rating. When I originally uh, reviewed it, uh, it looks like I gave it four out of five stars. I'm going to give it four and a half because it's just it's it's uh, it's just one of those films that just continues to get better. I think I I you know I enjoyed it more watching it this time than I have any previous time. So it's a great film, and uh, I highly recommend it. If 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 you've never seen it, what's wrong with you? Why are you even listening to this show? <laughs> Right. I mean, uh, like, like you said earlier, I'm going to be talking about this on my podcast next week and I'm already planning on watching it again before that. And I'm looking forward to watching it again. If that says anything about how much I like this movie. (laughs) Nice. Well, I mean, you know, you you just sit around and watch movies all day anyway. So, oh yeah, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thanks for being here with me, Chad, uh, to fill in for Joe who is out taking care of some things. So, uh, if, if people want to check out, I, I guess we should talk about your show. Uh, I guess <laughs> <laughs> if, if you want to check your work out, you do great work. Uh, you, you kind of, you split off from me. And when I didn't do a podcast for a while, you said, oh, I'm going to go do my own podcast. And so what do you got going, man? Well, I host the Cinescope podcast, which is a show all about celebrating the movies we love. So it's all about positivity. We don't rate, we don't review necessarily. We break down movies and talk about why we love the movies we love. And so um, it's a fun show. It's all about celebrating instead of tearing things down. And so every movie we talk about comes with our highest recommendation. And so you can find me there, um, uh, thecinescopepodcast.com or on Twitter at CinescopePod. And then me personally, I'm also on Twitter by myself without Cinescope. And that is at Shadadada, C-H-A-D-A-D-A-D-A. All right. And uh, so I am TJ Draper Pro on Twitter. You obviously already know about the podcast because you're listening to it. Uh, and so that's at NightOwl.fm. And the uh, the network is NightOwlFM on Twitter. And uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Show notes for this episode are at NightOwl.fm slash retake slash 20 where you can find the links to all the things that we talked about. Hope you enjoyed this movie. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, Talk to you later. Cheers. Bye.
So, uh, hey guys, I think we're about to crash into the sun. Yeah, but it's gonna look really cool. 